Hello, and welcome to Code Conversations, a podcast series from ECNM Magazine that focuses on interpreting the National Electrical Code. I'm Ellen Parson, Editor-in-Chief of ECNM, and I'm sitting down today with NEC expert Russ LeBlanc to discuss code revisions and difficult-to-decipher concepts surrounding the 2023 NEC, all in 10 minutes or less. Most of you probably already know Russ. He's a master electrician, electrical instructor, trainer, certified electrical inspector, and longtime contributor and code consultant to ECNM Magazine, bringing you some of our most popular pieces of content, which include what's wrong here, moving violations videos, and illustrated code catastrophes. For today's episode, we're going to be talking about general requirements for wiring methods as outlined in Article 300 and how the seemingly simple task of securing a string of lights, for example, can go wrong so quickly. Let's take a look at this code violation you recently came across at a marina. Um, If you could tell us about that situation and why it was problematic. Let's start with that. Sure. I spotted uh, the string of lights at a seafood restaurant located at local marina. Uh, The lights were similar to the temporary light strings commonly used on construction sites. And Mm -hmm. these were installed to provide some additional lighting for an outside dining area. Unfortunately, whoever installed this string of lights used cable ties to secure the string of lights to raceways and cables, electrical boxes, and whatever other electrical equipment happened to be nearby. Okay, what, what specific code rule does this installation violate and why? Well, as specified in section 300.11c, raceways can only be used to support cables, raceways, and other equipment in accordance with any of the following three conditions. First is when the raceway is identified as a means of support. Next is when the raceway contains power conductors and is also used to support class two or class three control circuit cables or conductors. And lastly, where the raceway is supporting boxes or conduit bodies specified in 314.23 or supporting luminaires as specified in 410.36e but none of those conditions apply to this installation. In one other area, rigid PVC conduit that was installed on the building to provide power for receptacles and lights and heaters was also used as a means of support and securement for this string of lights. In other areas, the string of lights was supported to other previously installed cables. And section 300.11D makes it clear that cables cannot be used as a means of support for other cables, raceways, or non-electric equipment. Also, the cable ties used were not sunlight resistant as required by 300.6C1 and probably would have deteriorated and eventually become brittle enough to break apart due to being installed in direct sunlight. Right, so is this a commonly misinterpreted requirement among electrical installers when it comes to these types of things? And if so, you know, what general rules can be applied to avoid code violations? And, you know, maybe why is this so confusing? Well, it certainly seems to be misinterpreted because we regularly publish photos of installations I found right. where installers have seemingly taken the easy way out and attached all kinds of different wiring methods and equipment to previously installed raceways and cables instead of taking the time to provide independent support for the new wiring that they're installing. Mm-hmm. If there is confusion on the part of installers, I recommend that they check the uses not permitted section okay. of yeah. the raceway or wiring method that they might want to use as a means of support for the new wiring 
that they may want to secure to. For a rigid PVC conduit, for example, section 352.12 covers what is not permitted. And 352.12b makes it clear that rigid PVC conduit cannot be used for the support of luminaires or equipment other than conduit bodies of the same trade size as the conduit. If the person who installed that string of lights had taken the time to look that up in their code book, perhaps they would have done the installation a little differently and not used that rigid PVC conduit as support for that string of lights. For sure. Uh, so is there any other guidance you'd like to give um, on, or related code requirements that could apply here? Even if these lights were installed for temporary use, section 590.2 states, except as specifically modified in this article, all other requirements of this code shall apply to temporary wiring installations. And there are no rules in article 590 that allow rigid PVC conduit to be used to support wiring or other equipment. For temporary installations, article 590 does sometimes modify the requirements for permanent wiring. For example, 590.4J provides general support requirements for flexible cords and cables, but does not specifically lift the restrictions in 300.11C or 352.12B for using raceways or cables as a means of support. 352.12B specifically prohibits using rigid PVC conduit to support luminaires or equipment other than those conduit bodies of the same size as the PVC conduit. And section 300.11D makes it clear that cables cannot be used as a means of support for other cables or raceways or non-electric non equipment. In my interpretation, Nothing in Article 590 would modify any of those requirements. Okay, great. So in closing, do you have any best practices you'd like to talk about maybe that could ensure code-compliant installations when performing this type of work? In addition to understanding and following the requirements for the new wiring and equipment that they're installing, installers must look at the bigger picture and also check the requirements for the existing wiring methods or equipment that they may want to use as a means of support for the new wiring or equipment they're installing. 300.11a through d covers the general requirements for securing and supporting of raceways, cables, boxes, cabinets, and fittings. For chapter three raceway and cable wiring methods, the XXX.10 section, the .10 section covers the uses permitted while the XXX.12 section covers uses not permitted for the respective wiring methods. For other wiring and equipment, installers must check the article applicable to that particular wiring or equipment that they're installing to see what specific permissions or restricted uses may apply. Great, thank you. That really clears things up on, on, that, on that topic. So thank you for that. Uh, looks like we're out of time for this one. Thank you, Russ, for sharing your unique insights from the field and industry knowledge with us today. In closing, I'd also like to thank Managing Editor Ellie Coggins and Editor Michael Morris for editing putting these podcasts together. This podcast is produced by ECNM Magazine, part of the portfolio of Endeavor Business Media Publications. 
That's it for today's code conversation. Please let me know if you have any pressing NEC issues you'd like to discuss on a future podcast. And don't forget to check out our website for more great content resources for electrical construction professionals. Thank you and have a great day.